hello. Oh, hello. Oh, I'm, thank you for picking up. Yeah, no, I, uh, well, I wasn't really doing much. I was kind of just laying here in bed, uh, staring at the ceiling and uh, using my Alexa to listen to the latest uh, Lana Del Rey album. That's, uh, yeah, that's really great. I heard her new albums, uh, I heard her new albums really great. Uh, why does your yeah, room, for... why does your room look so much like my office? Oh, that, uh, that's just a background image. You know, like, it's one of those, like, uh, like, it's like a green screen thing. Like, if I, if I, if I go too far backwards, I'll actually just completely disappear into JPEG artifacting. Oh, I, okay. That's kind of, I guess that makes sense. Uh, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying that, like, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Lana Del Rey because lately uh, there's not a lot on Spotify for some reason. Uh, they, they keep yeah. taking artists down. Mm. Uh, but, you know, that's not actually really what I'm here to here to talk about today. Mm. Um, are you are you familiar with agoraphobia? Uh, well, I, I actually had been meaning to kind of ask you this very question. Uh, I, are you are you feeling OK? I know that you, we usually do in person sessions, but you requested kind of a Zoom session this time. Yeah, no, I was like, uh, well, because, you know, like I, I I'd always heard the term agoraphobia, you know, my favorite my favorite uh, gore grind group, agoraphobic nosebleed, mm-hmm. as you know. Yes. yes. Um, but I, I watched this movie recently and I realized like, oh, I've got agoraphobia, too, because the main character in the film has agoraphobia. And it's like, you know, I really I relate to and identify with that character. Uh, I am also a super rich techie who lives in Seattle and is rude to people for no reason. Um, So I was like, oh, I must have agoraphobia. And I've got blue hair and pronouns. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes you just like Kimmy from the movie Kimmy. Yeah, well, Kimmy is actually the name of the robot. The the character's name is Kimmy's Monster. Uh... Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, it's the... It's the new, it's the new Steven, you know, Soderbergh, the guy who did Traffic. Yes. Oh, yeah, we, we love Soderbergh. He did a bunch of other movies that I'm blanking on. Uh, well, he's, he's famously, he did uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. That was his first, that was his debut. Um, great film. Uh, yeah. I know, I've, I've, he did, he did Magic Mike, which is very. Oh, the, the Ocean's Eleven trilogy. That's what I was thinking. The of. Ocean's was like, what's trilogy. What's the other, what's the series he Aaron did. Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. Uh, he did no. the Che movies. Um, oh, I forgot about those. Those were good. I remember he did He did Let Them All Talk, which isn't very, you know, famous or particularly well-known, but I love it because it's got yeah. uh, Meryl and a bunch of bitches in it. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a really good, great stylistic director. And so, you know, I was like, I saw that he had a new movie. I saw that it was about, you know, again, a tech worker who's rude to people for no reason. And I was like, and it takes place in Seattle where we both live. Yeah. And then I saw it was on HBO Max. So I didn't watch it for a little bit. But then I finally <laughs> did watch it. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And uh, what, uh, what did you think? It's all right. <laughs> uh-huh. I think visually the, the film looks great. I, I can watch Zoe Kravitz. Uh, you know, present very, very well the embodiment of someone who has very obviously severe mental health problems, but has developed very, very tight coping mechanisms to them to the point where it actually kind of is both like she's hyper confident, hyper competent, but also like 
adds its own levels of dysfunction because she has no flexibility because of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I feel like the film did a really, really good job of like depicting a person like that and what that is. Um, it was cool to see a movie about smart devices and like technology these days that wasn't just like, what if AI went rogue? I guess it's really just kind of redoing the same old like rear window technology thing of mm-hmm. like, what if a, what if a computer saw a crime? Yeah. And I like to see Seattle, especially since I don't go out much. So I don't really see it very often nowadays. <laughs> it's been a minute, huh? It's been a minute since yeah. I've been to that international district station. Uh, or the uh, the weird part of Queen Anne that she's in. Mm. That I'm pretty sure at this point has been completely replaced with five condos that look completely different now. Yeah. It's been a minute since I've been to that weird walking bridge that she's on that leads to Hempfest, the Hempfest grounds. I a thing that was very fun about watching this film was trying to figure out when certain parts were filmed based on how many people are wearing masks in the background. <laughs> Cause there's a part where she gets on the transit station and there's like no one wearing a mask. So I was like, okay, this had to be like one of the last scenes they shot. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was gave up. where people just gave up because I was like, people, people do not get on the, tra- people do not fuck around with masks on public transit here very often. No, no, they've, I mean, I gotta say Seattle, Seattle really held out for, for definitely longer than other places as far as like the mask use. But yeah, people are definitely done with it here. Uh, in a way that makes me fucking horrified. It's, it's, I, it, people gave up for a bit, and then Omnicron, I definitely noticed, got people more yeah, back, with them on, back, back, back on board for a bit. Yeah. When the thing I, that I happens when you don't wear your masks happens, it, yeah, it, it I, happened I, to do that. But it's definitely slipping back down again. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Have you seen Kimmy? I have seen Kimmy. I, I I also watched it basically for the same reasons as you. Um, and I had more or less the same feelings. Like, I... Yeah, it's it's strongly competent. I mean, Soderbergh is like a really uh, accomplished and consistent and just a really good director. Uh, and I was really refreshed by, you know, kind of like a... Well, something with this... Something with this premise is really interesting to me, right? Like... You are, you know, working in an industry that kind of like half does, half doesn't exist. And, uh, you know, you're listening in on people and that's that's kind of seedy and weird. But like, what are the more what's the morality of a situation like that? What's the morality of a situation where you hear a crime occur? Um, uh, and, And what I'll say is like, I wish that it was more... I I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things like at the end of the at the end of the D&D session you come to the fucking DM with notes or whatever, right? Like I I think that the last act was really cool but had a lot of flaws. I think that like one of the characters who shows up in the late ha- the later parts of the movie doesn't really it doesn't really make sense for him to show up and he's just he's kind of an unrealistic character a little bit. Yeah, it kind of just sort of exists to get you out of a situation that you wrote yourself into. Yeah. Like a, um, a coincidence that got you out of danger, but it's not really a coincidence. It's just a fucking, it's just a thing that somehow a happens. A guy. A guy that shows up. Um, I, 
I think the I think the, the the thing about it is like because Soderbergh is such a competent director, this just kind of feels like a like a like a warm up film. Yeah, I got the feeling right? too. Like it, it feels like a sketch film where it's just like you know like maybe he was kind of in a rut, so he was like ah, it's like I'll just I'll just do this one because like this is like so within my wheelhouse of a film that I could make easily, and it obviously had to have had a pretty quick turnaround in production because it is it it encapsulates uh the COVID-19 lockdowns and like the kind of psychological effects that that stuff could have had and it came out February 10th mm-hmm. which means that it probably was filmed and finished within like a year <laughs> yeah yeah I mean well I mean yeah it, it's and it's definitely on a really small scale too right and that was one of the things that I kind of went back and forth on is 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 like okay in real life, if you expose, you know, some sort of, like, higher up covering up, like, violent sexual crimes at Amazon, like, will you get killed by two, you know, goofy-looking men wearing all black? Or will you get killed by a, a police officer one day? Yeah, randomly? no. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's a good way to put it. Like, I, I don't feel like they, they, they need to disp... I don't think... Bezos needs to dispatch the fucking the fucking like d- dark brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> to exactly. take care of dissidents. I think he just needs to like make up a crime and frame them for it and have them arrested. Or use the fact that because he it is very much revealed that they have constant technology monitoring systems in place, probably could just find a crime that she actually committed and have her arrested. Or institutionalized. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, and that's kind of, like, my biggest my biggest qualms with the sort of, like, writing of the movie, right? Is, like, the, the places where it became a little bit, like, uh, you know, a little bit day, daytime tv as far as, like, where the plot progressed. Because for the most part, it was, like, really fresh and new and, like, a dynamic movie. Uh, but it kind of... It kind of became something simpler as it as it unfolded, which I think is kind of a kind of a lost opportunity, you know. It's it's like I said with the uh, the um, uh, rear window thing. It's 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 a plot that we have seen very like many times before that is done very beat by beat on those kinds of structures. But it's interesting to watch because it is one that is very much so using that to kind of like. I don't know, apply to like, okay, how does this narrative work in a modern era? Yeah. How does this work in an era of gig employee, inter- mechanical Turk stuff, and like home surveillance devices that we willingly install in our houses, and like a massive pandemic that like causes mental health problems, but also has created an industry where like if somebody was an agoraphobe, they could theoretically continue to live as an agoraphobe because everyone had to basically be uh, an agoraphobe for like a year basically yeah yeah and it's i don't know it's a weird thing where it's like it's structurally structurally for the most part i would call it like a good script but in in the same way that it's like a soderbergh sketch it's also kind of like a david a david cop sketch uh because this is the guy like this is the guy who co-wrote like Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, like you know, Panic oh, yeah, Room, I Spider-Man. I, I, 
I hadn't even like opened his 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 page yet and looking at it and just realizing like, oh wow, this is like the guy they bring on to make a lot of movies good. Yeah, this is the writer guy, the writer man, uh, who, you know, who has touched significantly very many movies that you love. Uh, so that 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 kind of helps to shed more light on the sort of sketchiness and the the sort of paint lightly paint by numbersiness of like some plot elements i would say especially as it was wrapping up yeah no i i wonder how much of this i i would be interested in knowing like kind of what went into the production once they're sort of out of that period where they have to like hype up like oh this is like my most exciting film yet kind of stuff because like it it does very much so feel like it was like an exercise right more than anything like it was a like oh could we do this movie or like you know like maybe maybe there's some ideas that they're kind of working on and they kind of wanted to do like a trial run to be like all right what what translates well but that we can like recycle into like a more more passion project or more of a like bigger project that we expect to do better yeah absolutely uh which isn't to say that the film feels lazy like it it feels very competent it's just is very you know it's not it's not innovating too much it's not innovating in 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 many ways it's it is very much so kind of a like concept and then the idea is executed as comp is you know competently yeah I, I mean, it's such a strike while the iron is hot kind of thing as far as just like, you know, the pandemic for as long as it's been, it's certainly been very long, you know, long enough to digest and create a movie. But like this, this movie, like the, this movie maybe could have stayed in the oven longer, maybe. But then but then it's kind of subject to this like moment that we're having of, you know, the mm. the COVID stuff, the agoraphobia stuff, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, it's so... It's so topical. That's what I, I mean. Another thing about it is that, like, I, I didn't find the sort of topicalness, or, or, or I don't know, like, kind of integrating the way that it, it integrated modernity into into the plot, um, or, or or the way that it structured itself around these, like, this technology. Uh, I wasn't bugged by, which like is is always promising because you know you have. A world that's fast changing and you never know if it's like if art is just going to i guess maybe it's just me like i have this concern that like at a certain point life is just going to get so absurd that art is going to be hard to harder to make does that make sense yeah no that makes sense i i mean i think the thing about it is that it also shows that it's possible to do a movie about things today and now we just talked about this with Texas Chainsaw Massacre without doing the like lazy drag and drop of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like this feels like a film where like, even if you watch it, I don't know, 10 years from now, it's, you know, you're going to have enough of awareness of like what COVID-19 was to be like, yeah, I know that would have like, if somebody had this happen to them, it would have like fucked them up even more. Yeah. For real. Uh, I, I, I think it shows a, a competence as well of just like understanding what about culture and stuff has changed in a way that will make this last longer than just like, Hey, remember when masking was a thing? Remember right. when you had to do the, the hand shaky thing because of the hand sanitizer uh, and it didn't dry quick enough. So you would kind of did this weird hand thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did really like her character work of, of her like 
hand waving uh to like dry off the hand sanitizer i uh yeah we we gotta i and i i did say I, you know she's just like me for real but <laughs> kimmy is is i i love her performance because she like just sucks as yeah. a person yeah we're calling <laughs> but it's we're gonna, like by the way like we did this joke before but we are gonna be calling her kimmy like I, yeah i know her character's <laughs> named angela she's she's kimmy though sorry she, she kimmy though for real but <laughs> You can't put the name of the movie Kimmy with Zoe Kravitz's name above it and her face next to it, and then be like, "By the way, the character's name is Angela." <laughs> no, nah, it's Kimmy. She, it's I said so right on the poster. I'm looking at it. It's Yo, her name's that's Kimmy. Kimmy from Kimmy. <laughs> Crazy. Side note: very funny to still to have uh, her character development be signified by a new hair color. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a new danger hair color. It's such a funny bit. Um, But yeah, her, she, what I like about it is that she's just kind of very sort and transactional towards like every person that she interacts with uh, in like a really shitty, annoying way that would be awful to like interact with. But also you like totally get why she's like that because it's just like she, oh, I have this routine. I need to stick to it. I have like severe agoraphobia uh, and an obvious mentality of like having this control over it allows me to kind of deny the fact that I have lost control of myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She's she's a very she's she's like a very like I don't even want to say relatable character because I, I fucking say that word all the fucking time and it means nothing anymore. Uh, yeah. But like she's real. She's she's you know, she's uh the whole like her rituals for like before going out like there's something that i think anybody can relate to in like the anxieties of that and like the fits and starts and you know um and yeah she's she's fantastic i i think that like her having these specific sort of divergences and these specific sort of like personality quirks like really builds to a situation where she's like the only one with any uh i don't know i don't know what what to call it but like like a sort of like not autonomy but like carving out autonomy in in the face of the lack of it compared to everyone else sort of being trapped within these systems that they've built yeah i mean like that it's an extension of her like control narrative basically right like that she has this kind of like savior thing come up uh and like it kind of becomes this way for her to like you know understand herself ostensibly uh and then like the, the as soon as that like becomes a thing she becomes like more the care she becomes like more the character like the scene of her in the office with um the character with the insane name uh natalie chowdhury uh, oh yeah <laughs> the white woman with an indian last name uh basically yeah, when she showed up i was just like that's not <laughs> <laughs> chowdhury huh chowdhury. <laughs> okay so is that your husband's name married, or... <laughs> married into it huh married um yeah basically like the scenes the scenes of her being like really strong-willed with that character in like a very like particular way uh, of just like not really like re- kind of recognizing her lack of power but still you know i i just thought it was it was cool it, it, it's like 
I don't know, just like a a person I've met a lot of. This is a very very Seattle movie. Yeah, no, it's it's very it's very Seattle. I uh, when I was talking to some friends about it who had watched it and, and were like, oh yeah, you should watch it. It's pretty good. Uh, they were they were joking that like the one thing that's uh, unconvincing about the film is that Kimmy is that Kimmy, is that Angela should have been trans, which <laughs> which who's to say she's not? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's all sorts of ways that you can kind of reinterpret the like ending scene. Um, she either uh, like she goes from blue hair to pink hair. She either detransitions or completes her transition, <laughs> depending on your head canon, I guess. It could go either way. Uh, which, um, whichever one's more heartwarming to you. I know which one's more heartwarming to me. Yeah. No, but I won't say too. which one. Because <laughs> I'll get in trouble. <laughs> no. no um, I I did feel like the, the tooth thing was just kind of introduced to, to show how defined by her, her limits she is, but how she tries to like assert control over it yeah but that it, it as a as a plot thread it kind of gets dropped yeah it kind of doesn't really uh, there was a point at which like the movie got to the final act and I, and I was just kind of like wow we're really like okay her neighbor's here we're we're getting all of these reminders about the guy she's fucking that lives across the street uh and now she's like rubbing her tooth it's like how does all of this come together in like the adventure gamey way that it seems like it's going to come together or whatever? Even the thing about him coming in without buzzing up doesn't come together because <laughs> yeah. he, he does it, but it's not like, Oh, because you buzzed, you didn't buzz up. They didn't know you were coming. And so they didn't expect you and you got the drop on them. Or it's not like him buzzing because she was always on him about it. Like creates a distraction which allows her to do anything he just like comes up and he's like yeah i didn't buzz again sorry yeah like the thing like the thing that happened earlier in the film uh and then she has the toothache and he just like he's like ah you have a toothache i'll hit you to make it hurt more where's the (laughs) flash drive (laughs) yeah like i I thought what it was gonna be was that like she was gonna have to struggle with like oh adventure game pop up there will be consequences for this decision later uh like like she's like oh maybe having like symptoms of possible like blood poisoning or something like she she's like not able to focus in the way that she needs to be able to focus because she didn't get her tooth treated in time right yeah they just kind of drop those plot threads completely they just they call back to them and then they're like all right well you know we we did we did it yeah we brought them back don't worry about it it's just, you know, it's it's just kind of set dressing for for the remainder of the movie basically. She's she's just a fuck up. She just hasn't had her had her teeth looked at. Uh yeah, Kevin, the neighbor, that <laughs> was that was that was bad writing. I will say I will say just, just having bad. that guy just show up. Like I guess you're supposed to assume early on that he's spying on her on behalf of the company. But then they just kind of blow past it, and it's like, no, no, he's just also an agoraphobe. So he was spying on her. Yeah, he's just an agoraphobic stalker who's just like a well-meaning in- incel or something. Uh, I he was in bo- he was in Home Alone one and two as Buzz McAllister. 
Oh, that was the brother. Yeah, that was the wasn't that the brother with like the the Coke bottle glasses? I think so. That's funny. Yeah. Good uh, to see him getting work still. Hey, uh, you know. yeah, just just very poorly written and becomes very obvious that they just needed another person there to to pull off the final act. Yeah. Yeah. Just bizarre. Really like really the most like kind of bad Hitchcock movie touch <laughs> like you know uh but it it is it is what it is um i liked i liked the inclusion of her mom i i liked the mom character yeah no she was really well she was really well acted mm-hmm. and like their dynamic was very very realistic for well meaning but ultimately not under misunderstanding mother and uh mentally ill child who also refuses any offering of help uh out of a sense of pride yeah absolutely uh good uh, you know good stuff there yeah the characters the characters i'm kind of 50 50 on like yeah you know there's a neighbor the other neighbor the one she's fucking kind of a nothing character Mm -hmm. but i mean like that's she, she he's enough of a nothing character that like I thought that was sort of the point in the way she interacts with him because like she interacts with him in a very weird way, which, you know, reflects her character. But then at the end, they're like, oh, we're outside on a real date. And it's like, you didn't really give a lot of indications that this was going anywhere serious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually kind of thrown off that they're on a date together because like she did not seem to actually really like him too much. It seemed like she kind of liked him as like, this is my this is my outside indulgence. <laughs> the guy across the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like they they don't have the greatest of dynamics. Uh like their first night together goes pretty terribly. Yeah. Not okay. not very promising, I guess. The fucking Kavita, like prominently displayed world's most perfectly balanced bottle on a corner. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious, actually. <laughs> Just definitely knew that shit was gonna fall at some I, point. It was just like, what is the purpose of like zooming in on this other than it's gonna it Chekhov's Kavita? <laughs> <laughs> Chekhov's booch, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, the crime that she's investigating and is obsessed with, I thought was very uh, uninteresting. Yeah. Like obviously if it happened to me for real it would be very interesting, but it was like not not there wasn't really as much intrigue as the film tries to frame around it. It's it's more intriguing her reactions to it. Yeah, and the thing that really bugged me was like the first recording that she comes across is this thing that she literally has to like put through like ancient, you know, sound editing machinery to like hear what's even happening uh and like all of that stuff is so interesting to watch and the recording itself is so interesting and you want to like you want to hear more of that recording session but but then like the other main recording that she like finds is literally just like i know what you did you you would be so (laughs) upset if everybody knew your secret and i am the only one who knows you cannot kill me Oh, you are killing me! Oh, I'm being killed! Oh, no! This backfired horribly! This is going so badly for me, I am dying! Oh, I'm dead. Like... Oh, and the murderer is 
the the guy I was talking to earlier. <laughs> oh, the murderer is bad. <laughs> it it was so it was so radio play. It was really corny. Yeah, I I like that they then have her like visualize it. I guess because Stupid. they realized. Right. I think, I, th- I think it's because they realized just how fucking goofy it sounded. So they're like, well, if she visualizes it, that'll make it less weird. But then they like run it through a weird filter like she's visualizing it through like like she's looking at it through like a shower cap <laughs> like it just looks fucking weird she's holding up those like dollar store like fly eyes to both of her eyes <laughs> she has to she has to see it in like weird uh you know drunk vision yeah <laughs> Ale- Alex Kimmy put on beer goggles <laughs> <laughs> I love that like <laughs> The... Kimmy, put the phony filter on. <laughs> Kimmy, please put the TikTok filter over their voices. Please stop killing me. <laughs> I fucking loved the part where she was like, oh my god, this bitch that got murdered liked the same Billy Eilish song as me? That's so awesome. cute. We're twinning. Me and her are twinning. Wow, I was I was projecting my own problems onto this before, but we both love Billie Eilish. I mean, what are the odds? What are the fucking odds that we both love Billie Eilish? Uh, God. Yeah, just a lot of goofy stuff. <laughs> Why is this movie so goofy? I don't I I also like the loudest song she could think of off the top of her head was Sabotage. <laughs> it's very funny. Oh my god. I it's such a funny song choice. Like the fact that like just having to like being like the hired thug assassin of Jeff Bezos and going to kill some like millennial and they're just like, Alexa, play Beastie Boys. And you just have to listen to the Beastie Boys talk about how your your like your conspiracy is evil. <laughs> just like so kind of funny. a serve. Uh, I I did think it was it was a pretty good execution where she just immediately is like, uh, Kimmy Kimmy answer phone, <laughs> because oh, yeah. like it's it, it is pulled off very well where they were just like fuck that's the one thing we didn't think of <laughs> like <laughs> just like oh shit <laughs> it's uh, this I mean like there's a lot of movies coming out that are starting to get the hang of the like tech the like goofy tech payoff ending like we just we just got done talking about the new texas chainsaw massacre um yeah which i gotta say has one of the funniest fucking endings of anything i've ever seen in my life for kind of similar reasons to this uh yeah like the 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 use of like alexa style technology in a thriller scene is is definitely definitely really funny definitely really clever uh, I mean, us did the the fantastic one with the oh uh, the no beast, beating that one. Boys, yeah, no that one that one's still that one's still up there for some of the best use of it. Yeah, that's... and then the best punchline to it. <laughs> <laughs> Playing fuck the police. That's so good. Oh, that new that nope trailer just came out. No, we gotta stay on. Yeah. Tra- we gotta stay on topic. We gotta stay I'm, on to- I'm excited. I'm excited for the nope trailer. I'm I'll excited. say that. I'm excited. I want to. I'm excited for a Jordan Peele movie. Um, but yeah, Kimmy, Kimmy's pretty good. Yeah, Kimmy, it's, 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 it's a, it's a good afternoon thriller, as I believe the, ter- the term I used, where it's just like, you know, like, yeah, you got, you want to watch a movie. It, it goes by really quick too. It is only 89 minutes. Right. Yeah. 
it's very economical if it's time it doesn't really you know bullshit you even if it does have like some weird pacing steps here and there yeah yeah i yeah like it it has it has a couple of writing weak points i would say um but it also has a lot of things that are like really astute and really i really i think researched and really correct like you know stop the sweep protests are happening in seattle pretty much every day uh and i was was about to bring that up the the black van thing with that i was like all right this is very clearly like hey look we know about what's going on but like it was a pretty clever setup and then like that's how she gets out of it is because it kind of plants the thing of like hey this is a thing that happens at protests like yeah like they uh, literally left-wing protesters expect to be taken away in like black tinted window vans so like that literally happened like multiple times in portland and i think seattle i know it happened a bunch in portland yeah literally uh so you know that that like that that was one of the things that i thought was like super super astute which is like if if you're getting if you're getting kidnapped by people you know pulling you into a van the only people that are gonna say yeah like (laughs) protesters are going to save you like that's that's not unbelievable like it would be unbelievable if she was in like Westlake on a regular ass day and someone just ran up and was like, oh, are you okay? Like, no one would give a shit. No one fucking cares. Yeah. Oh, another one. Goodbye. <laughs> Fun, goofy movie. Yeah. I, I, I give it a, I give it a eh, thumbs up. Oh. But like, a, eh. Oh, you know, I, uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I, I enjoyed it too. I, I, I had a lot of fun watching. Um, I mean, we have, you know, we have we have about a, a little bit more of the session left. Uh, did you have anything in your like in your real life that you wanted to talk about, or were you just did you just want to kind of chat about this movie here? Um, you know, I think honestly, I just kind of wanted to take like a day off from work and just like hang out around my house and like play Hades a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I'd actually kind of forgotten that I had therapy today, so I had to like scramble to come up with like what to talk about so it's just like oh yeah i'm doing this agoraphobia thing uh mm. so you're not actually you're not actually agoraphobic you're just no kinda... i mean i don't like to see gore but i wouldn't call myself agoraphobic you know oh i okay i i i see well we can talk about that some other time i think all right uh, so wait, how do I close this anyway? Uh, just to unplug it from the wall. It'll, it'll turn off at some point. All right, I got it. Yeah. <laughs>